Hey, hey, it's Kinsey Ray. Welcome to the Happier Days podcast. I specialize in coaching people on how to create a winning mindset and strong habits to overcome hardships and become anything they want in life. I hope to equip you with tools and ideas to help you actively work towards becoming the next best version of yourself while in pursuit of your goals. Although life isn't perfect, I hope to add a little light to your life, be a little cheerleader in your pocket to remind you of your greatness and help you have happier days. If you love this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a five-star review and subscribe it really helps me get my message out to more people. Tag me on Instagram with your biggest takeaway at KinseyRay.W. That's K-I-N-S-E-Y-R-A-Y dot W. I'll reshare any tags that I see. Now let's dive into the episode. I'm really excited about today's episode. It's going to be a great one for your mindset. This is going to be one that you definitely want to share with your teams, with your spouse, with your kids, with anyone that you love and care about to help them have a strong mindset to achieve their goals. I'm really excited to share a special story with you today and a mindset and a mantra that my husband and I are taking with us into the new year. It's the end of the year right now and we are doing our annual end of year rituals and end of year practices that we've adopted where we plan out our goals for the new year and we set our vision and create our vision board and we pick our word for the new year and our intention and we take a look at what needs to change in us. Who do we need to become to achieve these goals? What habits need to change? Maybe we need to shift something in our mindset. And we've been doing this for the last few weeks and having some really powerful conversations around our goals and our plan and who we need to be and what we're working on. And for this story to make sense of how we got here in something really special that I want to share with you today, I need to take you back a little bit as I've been talking on the last few episodes. I'm a new mom, just had my first baby six months ago, and if I can be fully transparent, going through postpartum wasn't easy. I came out a lot better than I expected. I was really nervous about postpartum depression and really nervous about going down a really dark, scary rabbit hole. So I definitely handled the postpartum journey a lot better than I thought I would have. But I talked about this a couple days ago that I don't think anyone can get out of postpartum unscathed. Maybe this is an illusion and maybe there's some people out there who have a baby and they recover fine and their mental health and their mood and their mind, it doesn't get crazy at all and they're just perfect and they handle postpartum flawlessly. But I kind of have a hard time believing that because your hormones are so wacky, like, way wacky and hormones are intense hormones are powerful and even though I feel like I had a good postpartum I still really struggled and I've been struggling to find my new self in this new season like I talked a couple episodes ago uh the old me's gone she's gone And it's been hard to be patient with figuring out who I am in this new season and just getting my mind right as my hormones are getting back to normal and I'm just recovering and figuring out how to take care of a baby and run a business. And and it's a lot. And so I definitely haven't been myself and my mindset has really struggled ever since I became pregnant and then having a baby and now in postpartum, my belief in myself has 
been lower than it has been in many years. And that's really hard for me to admit that I've been struggling to believe in myself and my capabilities. And it was really bad. Like initially after I had the baby, I just couldn't see beyond that. I couldn't see my future. I couldn't see visions and my goals. And that's something that is like who I am to my core belief. I'm the goal girl. I'm the girl that can tell you, you can do anything. You can be anything. You can do it. If you believe and you get to work and you can create the goals and the vision, like I'm that girl. And I was really struggling to believe in myself and believe that I could do it. And it's, it's so hard for me to say that, but I'm all about being transparent and breaking down the stigma of the crazy stuff that goes on in our head, hopefully to let you know you're okay if you're feeling that. It's normal to have these emotions. It's normal to go through seasons of losing belief in yourself. It's normal to doubt yourself. It's normal to have limiting beliefs. And I think we're so led to believe that we're insane or we're crazy or something's wrong with us if we're going through that season or if nobody has ever told you that you can do anything and you've just believed that you can't do most stuff your entire life. Something's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with you. The crap going on in your your head nothing's wrong with you the crazy postpartum emotions where you literally feel insane nothing is wrong with you congratulations you're human we're gonna talk a lot about being human on this podcast so let me tell you if you're if you're in a season of doubt if you're in a season that you're struggling to believe in yourself uh this is definitely going to be for you you're going to want to stick around and listen and share this with a friend that may be struggling to believe in themselves or a new mom or someone who's just going through the hard season but I've definitely been feeling defeated and overwhelmed and just have these feelings that that have been really hard. And you guys are so sweet on social media that a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you look like you're crushing new mom life on social media. You're absolutely crushing it. And I appreciate that. I received that. Thank you. I'm sure doing my best. I'm doing better than I thought I would. I had a lot of fears before having a baby and I'm doing a lot better than I expected. But I still have these feelings that I have to wake up and battle every single day. I still have these doubts and fears and insecurities. And like I said, my belief's just been at an all-time low that it's shocking to me how low it is because I, I believe I have the gift of belief. So to see that not be as strong as I know that it can be in myself has been really hard. And so I have these feelings, but I just choose to wake up and fight against them every day and go to battle against them and say, okay, I'm really struggling to believe in myself, but I'm going to keep showing up and and doing the work. I'm going to keep showing up and putting in the reps instead of letting it consume me and instead of letting it defeat me and allow me to just lay in bed and eat donuts all day. Because yeah, there's days I want to do that, but I also have a tiny human to take care of. And if I just lay around and I'm not working on myself and I'm not doing the habits that I know make me better and doing the things that I know make me great, I'm not a good mom, right? I'm not the best version of me to be the best mom that I can be. And I know that. I want my son to have a mom who is happy and and productive and moving forward in life and not laying around in bed feeling sorry for herself because she doesn't feel super confident right now. So I'm going to fight through it. And I know for me and my experience of struggling with my mental health and depression and various seasons of life, 
the only way to get through it is to literally move through it, to physically move through it, to get up and take actions to move through that season of depression. You can think of it like a dark tunnel, right? It, this can be postpartum. This can be any season of depression, uh, season of grief. You enter like a dark tunnel, and it's really hard to see the way the way out. It feels like you're going to be stuck in there and surrounded by this darkness forever. You don't know what way's up, down, sideways, out. Like you feel so consumed by this darkness in this tunnel that you're in. And if you just lay down and you just sit down, well, guess what? You're going to stay stuck there. And I've done that. I've just sat down and wallowed in the sadness and wallowed in the emotions and wallowed in the pity and just, oh, I'm so sad and bore me and this is hard and I don't feel like myself. I've done it. And guess what? If you just sit down and, and, and just have a pity party for yourself and you don't do anything to move beyond it, you're going to stay stuck in that tunnel. You're just going to stay stuck. Nobody's going to come save you. This is a tunnel that only you can move through. And so what I found is you literally and figuratively have to keep moving through it. You have to get up and take actions to help you move through it. You have to move your body or meditate or journal or do the things that bring you joy. Do the things that help you get better to physically move through this tunnel. And if you can keep taking actions, even when when you don't feel like it, if you can keep moving forward, even when you don't feel like it, eventually, step by step by step by step by step by step by step, it's really hard, feels like it, you're micro-stepping, eventually you're gonna to start to see the light at the end of that tunnel. And you're like, oh, okay, I can get out of here. And then eventually you will move out of the tunnel. I've learned this with my depression. It was the same thing postpartum. That I'm just choosing to wake up and fight this battle and do the things I don't wanna do because I don't wanna stay in this season of not believing in myself and self-doubt and all the crazy stuff that's been going on in my head. I'm like, this is not me. I don't want to feel this way. I don't wanna be this woman. I don't wanna be this leader. I don't want to be this wife. I don't want to be this mom. I don't want to be this person. So I'm going to do what I know I can control to move through this tunnel that I'm in, knowing that it's temporary. So anyone you look up to on social media that you think has it all together and they're not struggling like you do and, oh, it must be nice. They're just motivated and they seem to have it all together and all this other crazy stuff we tell ourselves when we love to play the lovely comparison game of, you know, someone else seems to have their whole life together. No, they're human too. They have their own demons and their own battles and their own struggles too. They just choose to get up and fight. They just choose to do something about it and don't complain about it on social media and don't showcase it on social media. They are just as human as you. We all have doubts. We all have limiting beliefs. We all have insecurities. We all have stuff that we are fighting against. But there's the few select people who choose to not let that be an excuse to not let that be the reason why they don't show up and go to work on themselves. They go and do it in spite of that stuff. So just realize you always have the choice to go to battle against this, these thoughts and these emotions or let them get the best of you. Right. And I'm not perfect. I have plenty of days that my thoughts and my emotions, they get the best of me. And it's definitely been more than I care to admit in this season of postpartum and becoming a mom. I'm doubting myself and my greatness and what I'm capable of more than I have in a really, really long time. And it's frustrating to me and it's holding me back and it's holding me down. And it's a huge mental block that I'm thinking, oh, can I really do this? 
right? Am I, can I really be this person and achieve these goals that I want to? And it's, it's hard. Cause like I said, I'm the belief girl. I'm the goal girl. I'm the girl who's going to like preach at you. Like you can do anything. And then I'm over here doubting myself in the same breath. It's been a really tough season to fight through and like build my belief back up and, and really just remind myself, yes, I can do it. So I've been in this season, little backstory, okay? I've been in this season and I share all that to remind you that if you're in that season too, you're not crazy, you're go- we're gonna get through it and hopefully I can give you a tool with this episode to, to help you get through it. So I was blessed with the gift of the most amazing man that I have ever known. My husband is a godsend. He is my greatest gift and I'm so thankful for him uh, because he We've been together a decade and he is always such a great support and understands my mental health and has gotten to know me and my mental health and how I start to act when I'm not okay mentally, when I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm not, when my mental health starts to decline. And he's so great to pay attention to that. And I, there's a quote out there that says, you know, don't, don't just marry someone that'll take care of you materialistically, like marry someone who's going to take care of your soul and take care of your mind and take care of all of you. And that is the man that I married. He knows how to take care of my soul. He knows how to take care of my mind when I'm not doing the best at taking care of it myself. At the end of the day, it's your personal responsibility to take care of yourself. You can't depend on someone else to do that for you. But he's such a great accountability partner for me to know when I need extra support and say, hey, have you moved your body yet today? Hey, when was the last time you went outside? Hey, you know, are are you doing these things that I know help you feel your best? And he's just, he's a great accountability partner for me. And he's noticed the shift in me. He's noticed the things that I've been saying about myself and the words that I've allowed to come out of my mouth and, and the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself and where I'm going. And he's, he's heard these limiting beliefs come up and these blocks come up in this season of postpartum. And he's paid attention and he's helped me you know, work through it and help shift my mindset. And we've had really great deep conversations. And he did something really special this year for Christmas. He gave me such a beautiful gift that I want to give to you. And if you don't know, we don't really do the Christmas thing in our, in our family. We don't buy each other gifts. We don't do the whole materialism thing around Christmas. I'm so happy we don't, we don't need more stuff. But the one thing that we do buy each other every year is we exchange books. We've been doing this for many years. It's my favorite gift that we give each other. And he has a gift for this. He he started doing it first. He started buying me a book every year for Christmas all the way back in 2015. And he has this, it's a gift. I don't know what else to call it, but he just knows. He knows exactly what book I need every year. He doesn't look at my book list of like the books I want to read that I make a list of. He just picks one. He knows what book I need when I don't even know it. I don't even know that I need this book and he buys it and somehow it's always the message I need to start the year. It's always the message I need to set me up for success in the new year. And so the other day he says, oh, your Christmas gift is going to be here tomorrow and we're going to read it together as a family. And normally the type of books that he buys me, they're like personal development books. And so I was like, we're going to read this together as a family with little Roman. Like, okay, like I'm not really sure what's coming in the mail, but sounds good. He was so excited. 
And so then the book gets here a couple days ago and he said, okay, the book's here. Let's sit down and read it as a family. And I hope you bear with me, but I want to read the book with you too. And it's going to sound a little cheesy at first, but if you can bear with me, there's a profound message for you. And I believe it will be just as profound to you as it was for me and maybe the gift that you need. So he pulls out the book. The Little Engine That Could. So we're going to read The Little Engine That Could together really quick. So if you'll, if you'll pay attention and listen, I promise it's worth your time. Chug, chug, chug. Puff, puff, puff. Ding, dong, ding, dong. The little train rumbled over the tracks. She was a happy little train. For she had such a jolly load to carry. Her cars were filled full of good things for boys and girls. There were toy animals, giraffes with long necks, teddy bears with almost no necks at all, and even a baby elephant. There were dolls, dolls with blue eyes and yellow curls, dolls with brown eyes and brown bobbed heads, and the funniest little toy clown you ever saw. And there were cars full of engines, airplanes, tops, jackknives, picture puzzles, books, and every kind of thing boys and girls could want. But that was not all. Some of the cars were filled with all sorts of good things for boys and girls to eat. Big golden oranges, red cheek apples, bottles of creamy milk for their breakfasts, fresh spinach for their dinners, peppermint drops and lollipops for after meal treats. The little train was carrying all these wonderful things to the good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain. She puffed along merrily. Then all of a sudden, she stopped with a jerk. She simply could not go another inch. She tried and she tried, but her wheels would not turn. What were all the good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain going to do without the wonderful toys to play with and the good food to eat? Here comes a shiny new engine, said the funny little clown who jumped out of the train. Let us ask him to help us. So all the dolls and toys cried out together. Please, shiny new engine, won't you please pull our train over to the mountain? Our engine is broken down and the boys and girls on the other side won't have any toys to play with or good food to eat unless you help us. But the shiny new engine snorted. I pull you. I am a passenger engine. I have just carried a fine big train over the mountain with more cars than you ever dreamed of. My train had sleeping cars with comfortable, comfortable berths, a dining car where waiters bring whatever hungry people want to eat, and a parlor cars in which people sit on soft armchairs and look out of the big plate glass windows. I pull the likes of you, indeed not. And off he steamed to the round house where the engines live when they are not busy. How sad the little train and all the dolls and toys felt. Then the little clown called out, The passenger engine is not the only one in the world. Here's another engine coming, a great big strong one. Let us ask him to help. The little toy clown waved his flag and the big strong engine came to a stop. Please, oh please, big engine, cried all the dolls and toys together. Won't you please pull our train over the mountain? Our engine is broken down and the little good boys and girls on the other side won't have any toys to play with or good food to eat unless you help us. 
But the big, strong engine bellowed. I'm a freight engine. I have just pulled a big train loaded with big machines over the mountain. These machines print books and newspapers for grown-ups to read. I am very important engine indeed. I won't pull the likes of you. And the freight engine pulled off to the roadhouse. The little train and all the dolls and toys were very sad. Cheer up, cried the little toy clown. The freight engine is not the only one in the world. Here comes another one. He looks very old and tired, but our little train is so little, perhaps he can help us. So the little toy clown waved his flag and the ding dingy, rusty engine stopped. Please, kind engine, cried the dolls and toys together. Won't you please pull our train over the mountain? Our engine is broken down and the boys and girls on the other side won't have any toys to play with or good food to eat unless you help us. But the rusty old engine sighed. I'm so tired. I must rest my weary wheels. I cannot pull even a little train as yours over the mountain. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. And off he rumbled to the roadhouse chugging, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. Then indeed the little train was very, very sad and the dolls and toys were ready to cry. But the little clown called out, here is another engine coming, a little blue engine, a very little one. Maybe she will help us. The little engine came chug, chug, chugging merrily along. When she saw the toy clown's flag, she stopped quickly. What's the matter, my friends? She asked kindly. Oh, little blue engine, cried the dolls and toys. Will you pull us over the mountain? Our engine is broken down and the good boys and girls on the other side won't have any toys to play with or good food to eat unless you help us. Please, please help us, little blue engine. I'm not very big, said the blue engine. They use me only for switching trains in the yard. I've never been over the mountain. But we must get over the mountain before the children awake, said all the dolls and toys. The very little engine looked up and saw the tears in the doll's eyes. And she thought of all the good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain who would not have any toys or good food unless she helped. Then she said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And she hitched herself to the little train. She tugged and pulled and pulled and tugged. Slowly and slowly, they started off. The toy clown jumped aboard and all the dolls and toys and animals began to smile and cheer. Puff, puff, chug, chug, went the little blue engine. I think I can, 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 I think I can. Up, 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 faster and faster and faster and faster, the little engine climbed until at last they reached the top of the mountain. Down in the valley lay the city. Hooray, hooray, cried the funny little clown and all the dolls and toys. The good little boys and girls in the city will be happy because you helped us, kind little blue engine. And the little blue engine smiled and seemed to say as she puffed steadily down the mountain, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. The end. Now, if you're still with me, thank you for bearing with me and taking time to listen to this really simple but childlike and profound message. If you really listened to that story, 
hopefully you had just the same duh moment that I did. The things you tell yourself matter. The things you think about yourself matter. And whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. And we forget this so often. We say things about ourselves and we say things about our life that is literally shaping our reality. I can't do that. I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. Oh, what a dummy I am. Oh, I messed up. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm a failure. And we just say this stuff without even thinking about it, that we're literally speaking these words over our life. We're creating our reality. We're creating who we are by the things that we say and the things that we think. It's so powerful and so overlooked. And it's something I've absolutely overlooked over the last six months that I've just been so hard on myself and thinking these really awful thoughts about myself and telling myself, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, am I dreaming too big? Oh, and I'm like, this conversation that I'm having with myself is toxic. And like in this story, there will always be people who have the full capability, the full capacity to go to the top of the mountain, whatever that might be. But they have excuses and reasons why they simply won't or they can't. I have this thing going on. I've already gone to the top of the mountain once and did this back here. So I'm only available to you know do these things that I want to. And I'm not willing to put in the work to go to the next mountain. And this thing in my past is holding me back. And this is the reason why I can't go to the top of the mountain. And there's so many excuses that are so validating. We all have a million of them. You have a million excuses that are validating. I have a million excuses that are validating. They're reasonable. They're like, we all have a past. We've all made mistakes. We all have busy schedules. We all have a million things to do. There's never enough time in a day. There's never enough energy. Like We all have the same excuses. We all have stuff holding us back. We all have reasons that are perfectly valid as to why we can't do something and the story that we can tell ourselves of why we can't. They are all different for each of us, but they are all valid. And at the end of the day, if you're looking for an excuse, any will do. If you really look at any excuse any of us can give that we can rationalize and justify and say, oh, this is really valid. This is a real reason why I can't do this. They're all the same at the end of the day. And so it's just up to you. Are you going to listen to all of your BS excuses like you have in the past and let them hold you back and let them make you not even try and let them hold you back from your goals and your dreams and your potential because the excuse sounds so good? It's uncomfortable to go to the top of the mountain. It's uncomfortable to push yourself beyond, especially when you're the tiny little inexperienced engine who's never gone to the top of the mountain, who's underqualified, who has no experience, and you're going to have to try with all your might to push through to climb that mountain. It's going to be hard. It's uncomfortable. But why not you? Why not take all your million excuses that you can give as to why you can't do something and say, sure, all of those are valid and there's going to be a lot of people who buy into those excuses. But what if this one time I choose to change the conversation in my head? I choose to say, instead of saying, I don't think I can. I think I can't. I think I can't. I think I can't because this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. Ah, I know I can't because this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. Why not change it for once and say, you know what? I am inexperienced. I am little. I am the underdog. I do have all this stuff in my past. Yes, all of this is true. But 
Despite all that, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Can you dare, dare to believe that you can get to the top of the mountain and just have that mantra in your head as you head into the new year? And this is something that I, I've adopted just literally since two days ago. I have some big, crazy goals for the new year. They scare the living daylights out of me. And before I read this book, I think about these goals. I'm like, am I crazy? Are these too big? Like, I, I would have this like scarcity come up after I'd write my goals or think about them or start making my vision board. I'd like write them out, do the vision, and then I'm... And then the scarcity comes in. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is too big. And like the, the negativity and the scarcity and the doubt, it comes in. And I've changed this just a couple days. And it's crazy how, how different I feel. That I think about the same big, scary goal. I think about the same big, scary vision. And then as soon as I think it, I think, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And I'm adopting this mantra and I want you to do it as well because I want to dare you to believe that you can. And whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. So why not have the audacity to think you can? Anytime you think about your goals, change it from a question to a statement. Instead of thinking, can I really do this? Say, yes, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, until that changes to, I know I can, right? Maybe you just have to think it for a minute before you know it with full certainty. And the more you think you can, the more it's going to turn into a knowing and a certainty. And it's funny to me that we want our kids to read books like this, and we want our kids to believe that they can do anything, and, and then we have the audacity to turn around and, and not believe in ourselves, we tell our kids, oh, I believe in you, honey. You can do anything. You can be anything. And then we turn around and we doubt ourselves and tell ourselves that our dreams are impossible and we can't do something that doesn't make any sense, right? Like what I love, Ed Milet says this all the time. He says, your kids are going to figure you out someday. They're going to figure you out. You tell them you can do anything, honey. You you can achieve whatever you want. Go be your best self. Go chase your wildest dreams. And then they're going to grow up one day and say, well, why didn't you, mom? Why didn't you, dad? Why didn't you think you could? Why didn't you go for it? So why not go be the example? Why not go be living proof to your kids that they can do it too? That's what I want to do as a mom. I don't want to just tell my son, honey, you can do anything. You are the little engine that could. You see this story? That little engine believed and he got to the top of the mountain. And then I'm unwilling to believe in myself to go climb my own mountain. I want him to watch me do it. I want to lead by example and say, you can go to the top of your mountain because watch me go to the top of mine. You get to see that I'm living proof that anything you put your mind to is possible because I had the audacity to tell myself over and over and over and over and over again, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, until I did. And you can too. I want to be that example. I want to show my son that he can climb any mountain that he wants. But I got to go first. He's not going to believe me very much if I'm willing to, unwilling to go climb my own mountain. And the conversation I'm having in my head is toxic and holding me back from my greatness. I don't want him to think these same thoughts about himself. I'd be devastated if I heard my son as he can talk when he's older say, no, I can't do that. That's not possible for me. I'm not capable. I'm not amazing. I'm not great. Look at everybody else. They're all so awesome. They're so much better than me. Like, why, why should I even bother? That would break my heart. So why the heck am I thinking that crap about myself? 
It doesn't make any sense. So I want you to remind yourself when you are setting your goals for the new year, when you have anything that comes up that tries to tell you that you can't, those voices, the limiting beliefs, the nonsense that goes on in our head, you see someone doing better than you and you try to say, oh, why even bother? They're already so amazing at it. Replace it with, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Until it becomes a belief where it's, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can. I can get to the top of that mountain, whatever that mountain looks like for you. I hope this was helpful because I know you can do it. I'm so excited for you to go crush your New Year's goals, but it's going to start with the belief in yourself. If you don't believe in you first, nobody else will. So let me just remind you, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Adopt that mantra. Tell yourself that as many times as you have to. Thanks for listening.